down immensely from 50 years ago. So we see the beautiful things that come out of this. So it wasn't a question where the Bible was the Word of God. There's no it talks about a trinity of beings. It's revelation. We can't take our telescopes and go through the skies and, and see the, what the Godhead is like. We've got to have the revelation. <laughs> that Jesus came into the virgin birth like he said he did and, and he lived like it says he did. Are, are scholars supposed to, to to take apart and take apart and take apart? You notice my chapter on inspiration believes in a God-approved Bible. That God wants a record. He wants a testimony. And if the testimony is right, he lets it stand. But if, if man's testimony is wrong, God corrects it. So the net result is a verbally inspired, God-approved inspiration. And I'm sure comfortable and happy with that. And so the whole fundamentals of the faith were not under question. It is how it is applied that's under revision. Well, that's a place. There's no question, I'm in theological trouble. There's no little press, though, going to change my theology. You work so hard to, to get all these pigeonholes established. And then some simple people come along and say, My dear brother, you've been wrong. I wasn't saved until I laid down my heart before Jesus. And praise the name of the Lord. When people get a hold of a real experience in the Holy Spirit, you can store them for a week with arguments against them. And when you get all through, the Lord says like this. <laughs> and you find you're wasting all this time. And when they're filled with the love of God, it is a sweet sugar to you. That's all very fine, but brother, it's like this. This is what I was doing. This is the way I lived. This is this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. He, he showed me some. In in listening to some of these experiences, I'm humble because the Holy Spirit showed some of these souls intimate concepts of the suffering Savior. Some I was very close to in the process of salvation. And I prayed and I worked and I studied to bring them face to face with Jesus. And then it seemed like, Jesus, now you just turn off your speaking and listen. You have uh, Andrew bringing Peter to Jesus. Uh, when Peter met Jesus, he didn't need Andrew. And so when, when people get down before the Lord. The Holy Spirit shows them the concept of the suffering Savior. 
And this just melts down and breaks the heart. And I had to say to myself, my, I am doubly wrong in my theology. Thank God there was nothing in my experience involved. And I felt the preaching of the true nature of Christ and His atonement, which was not, you know, to say, of course, we're not saved because Jesus was crucified. Oh, I got so blessed the last time I ever tried to speak here was two years ago. And I was speaking on on how God accomplished the atonement in spite of man's effort and the devil's effort to do everything he could to prevent the accomplishment of the atonement. The atonement was not physical, not crucifixion. The atonement was a voluntary, spiritual suffering of the Savior until he could not endure it anymore in his physical existence and said, it is finished. And I want to say I got so blessed here two years ago, I had to watch myself for joy when I got the concept that God accomplished the atonement in spite of man's horrible, horrible rebellion to do everything he could to prevent it. And my heart just was drawn out in worship. I just like to shout and glorify God that in spite of no man waving, throwing his arms, throwing the dust in the cloud, everything, that God still had control over the situation, would not allow Jesus to be stoned, as you know, because that would prevent the atonement, but would have insisted, if you're going to treat my son this way, I'm going to have complete control in how you show your tempers. I'll let you crucify him, because this will give me a period of time when the atonement can be established. And Peter rises up there in the book of Acts. This is what you did. This is what God did. And these folks told me some things in this intimate effort to help them that astonished me. How the Holy Spirit was going beyond my word and my prayer. And they were occupied. One saw it's almost too devastating to think about. This soul said, my arms are around the cross of Jesus. And and I, my sins are so bad that the cross is shaking. No, this was a noble person. In other words, the Holy Spirit gives us enough concept of the spiritual suffering of Christ in the atonement to make us happy for the gospel and it draws in to this happy submission to such a Savior. But I was sure in trouble in 1936. And some people got offended but I felt the need. Of course it was a double need. They couldn't support any pastor. Our savings are gone. I wrote engineering applications for a work. If you want to see it. And God did make a way. I must say this. My father had a building in Chicago, a six-flat building with a little house in the back. I guess this little house was there before the building was. 
And there upstairs was a little three room that we lived there one time too. And father said, well, uh, this you can come and live in this little three room with your family until he gets things get straightened out. So I have to give him thanks for helping us out of this and our savings are gone and the church cannot better not get in any more detail but thank the Lord and I got relaxed when I got in engineering dust off the old engineering books and so forth and on and buy some more and start reviewing the fundamentals of mathematics and so forth but I came to the point where I'm happy as a bird. Now, Jesus, I can believe anything that I see proved here with no need to count. Well, pardon me, I had no idea of speaking all these things. Praise the Lord. You've got all these assembly. I have to say this, that we had these terrible war years. I do refer to ten years of without much spirit, without much ministerial activity. And people say, how oh, come you better take all this time? Well, it's quite a problem to decide is justification judicial process independent of sanctification and you can be perfectly justified and figure out how sanctified you want to be. That's no little problem. And when you think, oh, the sweet question of 13, we got to in that section on 13 that that section on continuance in the love of God. Not continuance in something in order to get to heaven. No, no, no. Continuance in the love of God. Because we're just so completely satisfied that, uh, that the God is true and His way is wonderful and so forth. And isn't it marvelous? I think every one of us could say something. God has met me the last week in some of my troubles. I sure do praise the Lord. And that's the privilege. And I see little hookups uh, when the Lord seemed to do little things and leadership and impressions. In this week, you were a sheep continually going astray, Peter said. What you do? You turn around. Now that you turned around, now what do you do? You're facing the shepherd and bishop of your soul. What did he do? Why, he told us late. Let me start over. And what's he doing? I'm starting over. Everything he conceivably can. He's either going to write down in his record cups of water that we gave me for you. You remember, the selfish man tries to remember all the good things he did, and, God, and the man serving the Lord forgets it, but Jesus forget it. Well, what's going to happen in heaven? Is heaven going to have a lot of arguments? As little tiny personalities, 
But I'm here. Are you going to recognize me? Or does something have to happen to establish a different situation? Well, glory to God. I had some real colossal troubles on the nature of God, as you know. And I did. We had a wonderful book downtown, bookstore downtown on the second floor of one of the old buildings downtown. And this, this was strictly a religious book. And nothing was in order. Everything was stacked up on the tables. After I had these basic changes, I used to go down there uh, every month, go through all these books on the tables, and playing as I go. And that's where some of the gems of my library and the directives came from to investigate a little further. One was on the nature and character of God, of course, which I worked three years upon, as some of you know. And the brothers up in Minneapolis wanted to retype this, have it retyped, and I worked with them to trying to improve some of the little details. Nothing major. Then the next question, having fully satisfied on the nature of God, what about the whole work of the Holy Spirit? My, did I have trouble. You have different earnest Christians who no more can agree upon the basic operations of the Holy Spirit than anything. One says you got to do this. Another says you got to do this. So in 1942, I do have to say that I was deferred from the army. We had our four children. I was deferred from the army because of my responsible engineering with international harvesters on government contracts. The harvester made thousands of these great big crawler tractors with special equipment on them and shipped all over the world with the armed forces. So I was deferred for that. And so this 10 years was much deferred. We were working 58 hours a week for, for a whole year, I guess. 10 hours a day, 8 hours on Saturday. Yet God's work has to go! God's work has to go! So somehow in those 58 hours a week, we've got to work for God. What's your work for God? Our people saint. Does God intend to bring people to heaven who want to be there? Or does God going to try to save people from hell? And people say, well, if I don't get to hell, that helps a lot. I may not be very happy in heaven, but at least I don't have to go to hell. Let me tell you this. If you haven't been involved in a large corporation in scientific research on what they're going to produce, 
And you read about philosophers in their speculations. I'm here to tell you a lot of these philosophers would never make a living in scientific research. Amen. <laughs> when the bond, now you know in a big corporation, about 20 of us tell us have specialties. And when the boss has got to get something done, he calls us all in. And he says, gentlemen, we've got some problems to solve. You know, we sit there and we kind of shudder in our minds. And if you understand, now this happens in every profession, of course, the medical, the whole business. I want to know what the condition of salvation is. And when does the Holy Spirit end, enter our personality? What is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our personality? And how do we know He's there? That's a big research, isn't it? When you do the same thing, so in 42, after my satisfaction in the nature of God, we start with the Holy Spirit. We read the New Testament several times. We list every single scripture in the whole New Testament. There's anything to say about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And we see if you can put all this together. And so forth. So this went on for another three years, as I say. My problems were pretty quickly solved, but I realized I was researching on the meat of all preaching, and I realized that I was confined to because of the war situation and because of my responsibilities with the company and also if I hadn't had the company I'd be in the army and we were just as much in the army as they were in the front Amen. as far as our importance are concerned and so this was this was protected because of the whole situation and a wonderful thing was this people said ah now what you do with your family and all well praise the name of the Lord uh, it was a mighty healthy thing to be doing some research in the war time because nobody expected to go anywhere. Gasoline was rationed, for example, one thing, and so forth. And it was a solemnness over the land. That's another thing. When big, big ships are being torpedoed out, out in the ocean, that, that destroys all the laughability that's going on. What do I want to know? Here the promise of the Holy Spirit said, John, Jesus got so excited. The day is coming when I'll send the Holy Spirit. When He does, He's going to do some wonderful things in your life. How do you put all this together? Well, this typing came to be 912 pages in the three and a half years. I got to thinking in my writing last week that maybe it was a pretty good thing that I didn't have all this nice graduate Greek study. Because since I didn't have all this fancy degrees in Greek, I didn't know any better than work with the grammars and work with the lexicons and study these words from the beginning. And as you spend time working, you got more time to pray. You got more time for the Holy Spirit to, to help you see things, don't you? 
So I began to worship the Lord last week, maybe. It's a good thing. I didn't have to his background in Greek. All I'm interested in is the basic eminence. So that's something that's well, pardon me if I dear brother Dean Harvey is leaving his school he had there and he is duplicating all the tapes he had and he broke one day and wrote he wants to leave a duplicate in the school. And he said, so he said, can you send me a duplicate copy of section 14 of our operations with God? Yes, and I just made a copy. And I said, well, I checked this thing to see if it's a good or good. And I got to checking this thing, and I had myself a happy, happy time. And I became just as sweet and just as happy. Nobody, if you can remember this, nobody arrives anywhere in a spiritual position that finalizes anything. Amen. You remember that prayer, Paul? Unto all the fullness of God. When you get to all the fullness of God, when do you begin to absorb all the fullness of God? In mathematics, we wrestle with the word infinite. And two straight nines that never meet, they meet in infinity. When do we... You see, we can sure get happy what the Scripture says, can we? Well, sometime I should try to provide that tape because I sure got blessed. I had to write to Dean and say, thank you for breaking that tape, but I had to thank you. <laughs> but I haven't had a cat leaning over it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> In this one, I've I believe that the Holy Spirit is the agent of Godhead to apply the sacred atonement. And when we are willing to open our eyes to the limited concept we have, and we're willing to bring ourselves to Jesus with a purpose to, to have this life manifested in us, the Holy Spirit is given and fills our personality to our capacity at the time. Amen. I was preaching down on the Ohio River uh, about 40 years ago. And here's the great big storage tanks. And, and, and I began to come in and when I was preaching, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can fill a glass, can't you? How much does glass will hold a glass for? You can fill a pail, can't you? You can fill a barrel, can't you? And you can fill these great big storage trims, can't you? If you ask the glass of the ones of Noah, I can't anymore. So I believe that every single person starts his salvation relationship with God in a happy satisfaction with God. And if you can preach any kind of a second word of grace to a newborn child of God, something wrong. 
but there's a glass full. God says, why don't you get a picture full and I'll fill that. And why don't you get a pound full and I'll fill that. And why don't you get a great big storage drum like down on the Ohio River and I'll fill that. If you dump a little glass into the great storage plant, you hardly find it ever. And yet the glasses are unhappy. I don't know any better. Isn't that a sweet idea? Would it ever be right? It's certainly a wonderful idea. And so this is what Peter says, grow in grace and in the knowledge. I, I talk about this tape, no one hears the same thing from a symphony. No one hears the same thing from this or that. We, we experience what we know about anything. And as we grow in grace, isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. And what do you think heaven's going to be? Not sitting down doing nothing. Heaven's an endless expanse in the great being of God. Amen. Now, if I'm sure Lord, let me live it up. I, I certainly don't want to have any other idea. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Well, Sometimes people hear you and think he's talking about these groups. What the one group? And, you know, give them a good idea to see how many different denominations were experiencing what you're, what, what you put in your manual, and what you've been talking to us here tonight. I have a quick question first. What do you exactly do you mean by revival? No, no, we well, there has to be a personal revival before there can be. Any group revival, doesn't it? The conclusion I came to, now pardon me. God is working what He can out of devoted servants of God. Look at what we're talking about. There is needful for some kind of simplicity. See, this attacks every single fundamental, doesn't it? And that's what the truth minded is trying to summarize. The scripture blames me for my wrong actions. Not Adam, not the invitation. We're not charged with Adam's sin, as I'm able to see the scripture. We are under influence tremendously. We understand that. But the scripture talks about my own choice to live for myself. And that's what repentance is, is a change of viewpoint. 
And then comes the problem of forgiveness, which God can do because of his tremendous solution through the life and atonement of Christ. Well, I can only go back with a wonderful, wonderful father and mother. And I know when at 14, when I got that altar prayer and just laid down my heart, confessed everything that came to my mind, I know this, that God forgave me and gave me such a happy experience in the Holy Spirit that I left that church and the street lights were a different color. I was delivering newspaper every morning and I used to walk with my newspapers and sing and praise the Lord. Amen. I had revival in my life. Amen. And if someone comes, oh, don't you need second work? Well, I don't know about that. I'm so happy in the first work, I don't know how I can have any more right now. See me next year. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we have all these admonitions. Keep yourselves in the love of God. And we do have all kinds of theological problems being declared. Would you believe we've got hundreds of, of pastors and teachers, large churches, who believe you do not repent if you commit one sin? And so they take this Bible and show that all the leaders of God have fallen into some kind of sin and therefore they did not repent. Now that is a total theological error. Because the gospel is repent. We're not talking perfection. We're talking willingness for perfection. Well, I have no idea what our enemy says here. <laughs> but allow me to read one of the most important sentences I've ever written. And this happened after this four minutes reading. Praise the Lord. I believe in this with all my heart, soul, strength, being everything. Amen. I'm not happy about all the facts on this sheet. But the dear brothers up there were pressing me for it. And so, I'm just trying to see uh, what I'm trying to do. Now here's a sentence, one of the most important things I've written. After four months of reading and tabulating passages at every possible hour and working through each column, it appeared obviously clear that our loving Creator and Savior in unthinkable involvement of divine love and humility is not going to enter our personalities unless He's allowed to revolutionize our lives by His tender forgiveness and for, oh, oh, oh sweet, tender forgiveness. Praise the Lord. And presence. And I give you some list of scriptures. 
and will not remain as an unwelcome inhabitant. Uh, Jesus is not going to put up with our rebellion. Here he promises an invasion. I'm a little tiny speck of a personality. Am I a little speck of a personality? So Jesus is not too happy you're here. And will not remain as an unwelcome inhabitant if we make him uncomfortable and embarrassed by our unresponsiveness and uncorrectableness. Now that is about the most comprehensive sentence I've written, and that was after four months, and we'll make available to you those six little counts from my notebook. And how can I find one tiny objection to that? Well, this little sheet summarizes my research travels, and we've got to close. So in this marvelous, marvelous, the gospel says, I had Jesus, I have, I started a couple of years ago a writing out of every important manifestation chronologically that Jesus did during his life on earth. I couldn't conceive of one more thing he could have done. So Jesus done all this. Why? To be knocking at the door at Revelation 3.20. That's not pounding. That's gentle rapping, the Greek says. So Jesus gently rapping. And he wants to enter in. What? To bring us to heaven now. To move heaven down here. And he says, I prepared a place for you. If you love me here, you'll love me there. You see the total delusion that's so often filling our religious circles. And people are trying to figure out how many things they have to do to get in trouble. Well, the intelligence is, where can you improve on the God of the Bible? Praise the Lord. I can't find anything wrong with God. Amen. And we need to go out and present our wonderful, wonderful God. And that's what it is to preach the gospel. All this 15 minutes accepting that your sins are paid for is meaningless. Doesn't solve anything. It could solve if you were like I, raised in a godly home, and knew everything about a bipod and all. And I didn't need any enlargement then. All I would need to do is to have a change of my mind. So things can happen quick for a person like me. There simply has to be an adjustment of intelligence. That man is wrong and look at everything flow from it and God is right and has made it possible for us to cross over. Notice that little diagram I have 
on the two paths, I had to put a cross over them. Now I'm praising the name of the Lord. I got a little door up there that you were on a little selfish line, but there's a cross over through that door. And then glorious. Here we have a little personality. The Holy Spirit, I feel you. You have this little cup, you want him? No, no, I don't want him. I want to know, praise the Lord. I don't know anything about this bigger vessel. Just like I don't know anything about a symphony conductor. I like music, but I'm scientifically pretty close to zero. And what would disturb him wouldn't disturb me. And so God fills us to our capacity and says, now, increase your capacity. I'm never going to run out. <laughs> it's unto all the fullness of God. When do you ever get to all the fullness of God? God must be awful happy. He knows we're never going to exhaust Him. Well, just commit all this to God. And pray for me, won't you? Heavenly Father, here we are, a group of men in the struggles of life, having so many things to be thankful for. I've tried to pour out my heart, Lord. And I do have to thank thee, thank thee, thank thee and for the reasonableness of thy precious word and for the glorious things thank thee for my brothers Lord help each one of us do what we can just like Mary she done what she could dear Lord Jesus bless each one of us that we may find our own ministry for thee and do it with all our might. And we shall surely thank thee. In our Savior's name, Amen. Does someone have a little chorus we could sing this with? When we walk with the Lord in the light of His
And I got to say, the Lord has certainly blessed my mind far more than I ever could conceive of.
ready to hear the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're thankful, Lord, that you have many humble servants like this good brother who are going out across the world. And we're thankful tonight, Lord, to be a part of the kingdom of God. And we pray that we might be servants worthy of our hire. And we'll be careful, Lord, to give you praise and honor and glory for unto you alone it belongs. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Gentlemen, this has been a, a rare opportunity for me. I appreciate you being here. It's been a wonderful time of fellowship. You young fellas, I'll tell you, I'm getting older now, so you got to have some young guys. But, you know, you, I'm serious. Tonight you may go out of here saying, man, your, your head will probably swimming. But I encourage you to get into the Word of God I'll tell you something, the people who are going to live for the Lord in the next 25 years are going to be rare in our society. Get into the Word of God. Study. Slug it out. Take the things that Brother Gordon's already plowed up and, and expand upon them. You know, he, he's got a foundation. And there's where is the fullness of God? Where does it end? So I, I know you may be a little bit swimming tonight, but don't get the...